well. Yeah. So that's basically what we do on the podcast, Nathan Michaels. We Indeed. just talk about life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, but I think you can so handle it. I'll see yeah. what I can do. I think you can make it happen. <laughs> Try to actually bring a little personality to it. We have had people, not many, but just kind of like, we're just talking and then we're like, hey, we're going to hit record. And then all of a sudden they're like, um, yeah. well, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're just like, oh, we shouldn't have told you. We're hitting record. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. Like you don't, when the camera comes on, don't say anything. Just, yeah. Just be like, continue on. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully the camera, it's not like a TV camera has that giant red light. You're like, oh, it's on at the Olympics was the craziest one. Literally like, cause the guy's like standing They're here huge. and then I see the red light go on. I'm just like. A lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Millions and millions. And And some more millions. And no one in the stands. So it was like... Extra weird. I was like, I know you're not filming. There's nothing else to look at in this stadium except for me and these these four dudes. (laughs) It's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a lot of our guests uh, don't need much of an introduction at this point. However, you're a newbie. You're uh we don't have many rookies on the show. I guess last week, Mason Briggs was a rookie. Yeah, true. but he has like more followers than most of the men's beach players combined. Right. So he didn't need a whole lot of an introduction. True. I don't have that. <laughs> Not even. I think I have about 300 Instagram followers. Yeah. But for the, uh, for the <laughs> listeners and viewers who don't know, Nathan Michaels is the trainer that I tag constantly on Instagram from the Garden of Gains because you are the man who saved my knees. It, uh, so I, I worked the first time I ever worked with a trainer. Try had been trying to get me to work with a trainer for since we met and then finally i worked for a year with christian hartford he leaves i was in search of a new trainer me and you happen to get like paired up coaching because you had signed up for better beach Mm -hmm. like a package yeah Mm -hmm. and so we end up doing like a bunch of lessons together and you're like hey man like i train people like as it turns out i'm in need of a trainer and i haven't taken an ibuprofen since it's been awesome i mean that's always the dream is like if there's anybody I'm dealing with, gin pop or athlete, just, is there pain? Cool. You don't have to live with it. It shouldn't be a forever thing. It right. should be minor or never. Let's get you to that place. Yeah. And then start from there. And it, it made volleyball so much more fun. Because I didn't have to wake up and be like, oh, I got to go to practice today. Like, we can do it, boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can get through this. <laughs> Take that silent contemplation 15 minutes and be like, I got this. <laughs> yeah. What was the what kind of knee stuff were you dealing with specifically? Obviously, I mean, I'm guessing just probably same. Yeah, just like if I um, I, I was talking to Alex Kleiman about this actually, yeah. where like if I had to sit like this in a car oh, yeah. for more than 15 minutes, it was just like that pulsing throb. Yeah, and do whenever if I had to take a shuttle to like a beach tournament because oh, it was when like me and A Rob were traveling doing world tour thing, and so you fly and you might get stuck in the middle. And I'd be sitting there like oh. drenched in sweat because I was in yeah. so much pain. It was yeah. just like the tendonitis. Like anytime I went to sit down, stand up, you just get that like shock through the patella. Yeah. You stand up. And I was like, jumping was terrible. But it was really like the extended sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 minutes and beyond. It, was, it would just throb for hours. Yeah. And it was like awful. I know the feeling. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's partially why the reason I have like a massive truck now. Like, yeah, all the maybe room. unnecessary. <laughs> I do not off road as much as I pictured myself doing, which right. is literally like maybe once. Yeah, well, you, it, uh, if you consider driving on a dirt road, like off. you had literally a first row seat to it when we were driving back from Mikel. That oh, was yeah, when yeah, my yeah. knees were like at their worst, yeah. and like we were stuck in traffic. And, and I was like, I dude, was I gotta like, I gotta like stand up. I was like doing this, yep. 
And you're like, are you, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, I have to. It's I've had to do me. that too. Yeah. That's actually the ultimate test for my trainer because he lives an hour. Mm-hmm. You yeah. got to drive an hour. So it's like, well, you better make my knees feel good enough <laughs> to drive to you. Which like the early years I was driving a Honda Civic and it, and it was brutal. Oh, like, man. On the way back, like that last 20, 30 minutes was like that where I'm like standing and driving. Like, yeah. Oh, it's like awful. this. But nowadays I'm golden, whether it's knees feeling better or just yeah. bigger truck or yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the truck is phenomenal. <laughs> the truck's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I I used to come from Texas, right? So we all had big trucks, yep. and I miss my truck. But when I moved to LA, it's like it's just it doesn't fit anywhere. Yeah, so oh no, for sure. I, like can't get in a parking garage, can't get into uh, the street parking. Yeah, but I'm just like, yeah, that space we were just literally sprawled out yep. on this massive. Yeah. I do miss that. When your driver's seat is an exit row, you're in a good. Spot. Yeah, <laughs> you get you get pretty good at uh, parallel parking. Uh, big cars when you when you drive a big truck and yeah like, you well, you're it. lucky you got cameras on yours my first full that's size, true i oh, did not 100%. have cameras Woo! yeah you just had to you had to just memorize the exact dimensions of your right. vehicle and then like just pray yeah dude once you go back up cam you can't go back no. oh it, it I, ruins you yeah. i know when i get in cars now and i'm like what do i do yeah like, i have to turn around this is There's weird a mirror. <laughs> like, oh, this is really i only weird. get three mirrors and i can't see like to the very inch of how close i'm getting to yeah. these cars <laughs> yeah it ruins you what um if you could give the just the listeners kind of a just your background um just in training because you you were a trainer at a gym you're at equinox right and then uh, now, here. Yes, and then yeah. now you work out you're at the lab Indeed, I have my own place. Yeah. Uh, essentially, I'm just a failed jock turned musician turned uh, almost physical therapist. And then got into the PT world and started training with people back in Texas, moved out here, continued, um, and then just fell in love with beach volleyball. So, yeah, I'm basically just a meathead that loves volleyball. <laughs> we love that. So, and then once I dig into something, I, I dive down. So, uh it was like oh this is on sand cool let me go look up some studies on sand and uh just there's not hardly anything out there yeah that's what i was gonna say i found one that was a pretty good put uh put together pretty well um and so learned a couple things as far as like muscles work harder but you have less output i'm like oh cool like that's that's useful right Uh, a little bit more hip extension so we get deeper into the hips on on jumps versus on hard surfaces so i'm like okay Mm -hmm. that's useful uh that's where the ankle mobility started kicking in huh. when I was talking to you about that. Um, and so just from there, I was just like, okay, well, what's the next one say? Oh, good for rehab settings. Okay, cool. Useful, but not so much for performance. And then long story short, it just was realizing that there's just no love for the surface as yeah. far as like, how do you be faster, more explosive, jump higher, all that fun stuff on it. So I was like, all right, cool. Let's start digging and just trying to like learn using my, my own body as kind of a science experiment. And uh, just been using this guy as another because I experiment yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a fun journey. So uh, the more I learn, the, the, the more I realize, the less I know. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's just keep keep learning, keep building. Yeah. So. What have been some of the bigger things you've learned in the past couple of years? Because we've worked together for what, like three years, two and a half. Coming up on three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um. Well, if we could use you as an example, as far as your knee stuff. Um, it was just basics for you. I was like, okay, yeah. cool. We got some inflammation going on. It's been uh, nonstop uh, for, at that point, 
couple of years you've had I mean, it, it, had, it had really been because i grew so i graduated high school when i was 510 i was telling try this the other day and halfway through my freshman year of college i was six four and so the growing pain that's insane just that yeah. is crazy it was it was like great but awful right like, oh thank god i'm tall <laughs> i can't walk to class <laughs> it hurts so bad wow. um a little oh. growing pains and especially as an adult too that's yeah that's rare it was fast um so ever since then I'd had bad knees and I just, I was just convinced that it was either growing pains or genetic. Cause my mom's had like six knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, all right, well I'll just live with knee pain for the rest of my life. It's fine. Yeah. And so I had it since I was 18 was when I was a freshman year of college till I was about 30. I was about to say, I missed you when you were about 30. <laughs> yeah. I took well, a lot of ibuprofen, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we could help. Yeah. Um, but no, it was just the basic stuff. Like, all right, well, what what are you good at? And I'm like, okay, you're ridiculously strong, so it's not a strength <laughs> deficit because you know you're like, well, I can do four plates, and I'm like, for a volleyball <laughs> player, it's six four. Okay, that's decently rare, um, especially for beach players, because well, I've just I've seen some trash training out there. Um, but um, yeah, so I was like, all right, cool. Let's check out uh, where your hip stuff is at where your single leg strength is and just kind of just started building around all the basic stuff, get your adductors kicking again. Um, and then slowly but surely from there, building the strength in some of the areas that you didn't have because can't go wrong with strong. Can't okay. trademark that though. Wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there, once we saw that we have having some positive results, okay, cool. Don't rock the boat. Keep, keep going those areas. And then um, at that point, you, you said your back was good too. So... It wasn't anything special, but it was just, let's cover the basics, mm-hmm. see what happens, good things are happening, okay, cool, continue with that, and then from there, I've kept a lot of the same things in, just snuck them in, if you notice some of the stuff is still there, um, so, yeah. It's been it's been fun to be the experiment as well, because you'd be like, hey, I don't know if this is going to work, I'm going to try it, because it, it's so sport-specific, the stuff that you prescribe, because mm-hmm. it'll be like trap bar deadlifts will be elevated because he's like how often are you actually going like all the way down like your step close jump is basically where he wants you to start your trap bar because you're not like step closing like your ass to the grass right like your step close is more of like a quarter to a half how deep yeah, load. yeah yeah so yeah. it's just a little bit a little bit more shallow knee depends angle. who you are right yeah some mm. some of the shorter guys find uh some extra power when they get a little deeper but yeah. it's it's pretty rare as far as the angles that people have access to um i would so, say it's it's a lot more prominent uh in blocking yeah like when you see people's depths how much it varies so yeah, that's where similar yeah with for him uh since he's uh a sand toucher as far as his technique so mm-hmm. i was like all right we want to make sure that you know our squatting patterns because i kind of use those as two separate things our squatting patterns uh we're a little bit on the deeper side huh that makes sense. oh yeah, king bentley tries getting his shark blood yeah. infusion go ahead but i think this is a this is a, a cool opportunity for us to have like a pretty practical podcast so we like whenever we open it up to a fan question episode the four most common things that we'll get over and over again will be how can i jump higher mm-hmm. how can i hit harder how can i stop cramping for tournaments and which like i'd sort of couple that with um what do i eat before and during mm-hmm. game days and then how can i stay healthy throughout the course of a season yeah 
So I think we're sort of on the staying healthy, so we'll continue that trend. But if you had to give a recommendation to your average sort of double A player, like what are some specifics that they could take away to stay healthy throughout the course of a season? Yeah, so the big big thing is always going to be, do you have uh, just kind of that requisite strength before the season starts? Mm-hmm. Like, are you decently strong in all your basic patterns, your hinging, squatting, pushing, pulling, all that stuff? Just let that kind of be your foundation. Like, if you can't do a pull-up, yeah. I'm Sorry. pretty sure that guy could do about 50. Security. Um, <laughs> don't mess with him. Uh, you know, if you can't do a pull-up, if you can't body weight squat... You know, this is a big topic of discussion, but, you know, at least your own body weight, upwards of two, um, then, you know, cool, that's the, that's the best place to start. It's like, okay, can you move some decent weight uh, comfortably through a full range of motion without pain? Um, then if you have that, then that's just going to create a resiliency, whether you play a sport or not, mm-hmm. that you can't get from anything else. Yeah. Like, I'm a big proponent of combining strength training with yoga or Pilates, Um uh, massive into that, but you know, at the very least, strength training just offers out of adaptations you can't match. So, move some weight, all the patterns, full ranges of motion. That kind of be your background for the off season, and then if you want to get a little more sports specific, you can. Um, but then from there, uh, I've just noticed a lot of people uh, tend to kind of push their workouts pretty hard once they do to that like more advanced stage. Then I'm like seeing sets of like five by five, five by eight, uh, and I'm like, that's a lot of volume. Uh, for your muscles, considering you play a sport that is completely soft tissue muscle dominant. Um, so um, my recommendation is, you know, maybe push that for the off season. But mm-hmm. Once you get into end season, loads need to come down, volume needs to come down. Uh, your intent can stay just as high. Your loads can stay still 80, 90% of what you're kicking in off season. Uh, so don't stop, which other people have said they do like, yeah, I get strong and then I just stop because I'm tired. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to lose everything that you built and then you're going to become more fragile two to three months in, depending on how much you're playing. Uh, So it's just kind of starting to manage that that overall workload um, in and out of the gym. So, uh, yeah, don't stop during the season. Microdose if you need to, which is uh, something I kind of do during tournament weeks anyway. I'm like, hey, we're doing four sets of three. Cool. Now we're going to take it down to one or two sets. Um, Microdose in the exercise sense, guys. (laughs) Recommending microdosing, <laughs> but if you I, want, although maybe I, do come, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I have former meathead past here, so I did do come the bodybuilding world, <laughs> but all natural. I promise, mom. I promise. Um, but yeah, microdosing just means less volume. Yeah, yeah. Big picture, uh, less less plyometric work, less jumps. Um, so yeah, so then at that point, are you each week feeling? pretty strong by the end of the week like like all right okay i'm not exhausted my legs aren't continuously sore which was something i learned uh personally i was like one of my legs hurt every day because i was playing four or five days and still training legs two or three days yeah um so i was like it's just too much so you kind of learn that happy spot um but uh and then from there as far as uh kind of getting into like the tournament day and the food stuff um Big proponent of, and I ran this experiment with Jake the other day. Jake Urtia. Yeah. He's been um, popular on the podcast recently. Sean Cook just ragged on him for 20 minutes. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So he was somebody who, because once I kind of get people like, hey, 
electrolytes in every drink. No, just plain water. Um, what not, kind of electrolytes do you have? Uh, it's, there's a lot of options out there. Yeah, number one, get rid of the sugar-free crap. Uh, yeah, I'm not sponsored sugar. by anybody. But yeah, I'm like, you want carbohydrates going in with the electrolytes. They kind of work together um, to get into your uh, your bloodstream and everything faster. Right. So sugar and electrolytes are best friends. That's why Gatorade was so, so useful back in the day. Um, but yeah, make sure it's uh, your magnesium, your chloride, uh, tons of sodium. And there's always one more I forget, but it doesn't just need to be just sodium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to have that. So all your water bottles have something in there if you can, if possible. Um, but yeah, the experiment we ran with Jake was, uh, he was like, I've done all these things. I've slept well. Uh, and I'm like, all right, cool, man. Let's try the bodybuilding approach. I'm going to have you drink almost two gallons of water the, the uh, day before. Um, <sighs> That's tough. And <laughs> It's hard to get yeah, that down. <laughs> but I, I talked him into it. You know, I'm like, prepared him. I was like, hey, man, you got to start early. Yeah. And you got to go hard. Yeah, exactly. And he's a guy who, when I say go hard, he goes hard. Go, go. Yeah. Um, so he did it, and it seemed to work pretty well for him. So that was something that I stole from uh, my mom. Uh, like I said, we did it in bodybuilding word, but my mom reminded me, and it was, it was Texas during the summer, and she was like, it's 110, and we're not going to play these pickleball tournaments at nighttime, but at 7 p.m., it's still like 107. Yeah. And so she works to plays with some EMT folks, and they're like, yeah, you got to start hydrating the day before. And I'm like, duh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So my crampers, that you know, like pickle juice lovers and all that stuff, yeah. I was like, okay, let's try that. So, yeah, this is, this is something that I've forgotten that I've uh, remembered. But hydrate the day before is kind of the, the yeah. thing. And then day of. So when I first started playing, and I was like super meathead. So mm -hmm. you met me when I was like still pretty strong. But when I moved to Florida, I was like 225 and lifting a lot but i would like cramp mm -hmm. every tournament the like day of what works for me is actually not drinking a ton of water because then what i found i was diluting myself so much and that i just had no electrolytes left mm -hmm. like day like during game day let's say we're doing a, a standard abp day we got a match in the morning we got a match in the afternoon what's the in-between look like it is time for the Waiakea Water Break. That is right. This podcast has been brought to you by Waiakea all year long. They are the cleanest water you could ever have. It's not just water. It's Hawaiian volcanic water. That's right. And those bottles you see all over AVP tournaments all around the beach volleyball world, they're made of ocean plastic, which is 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. Each bottle helps to remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So when you're drinking a water bottle, you don't have to feel bad about it. All right, and that's right. Waikea is also committed to giving back. It's local to those in Hawaii through the Kakua Initiative from monthly drives to support the local food bank and nonprofits to direct support of individuals and organizations. In the continental U.S., via partnerships with its ambassadors such as Clay Thompson, ever heard of him, and the Thompson Family Foundation, Aaron Judge, and the All Rise Foundation, and Miles Garrett, and the Water Boys. And more. They're doing all kinds of good things. And we would love to just continue this great relationship we have with YK. They're awesome. And if you want to get the best water in the world, use promo code SANDCAST online at YAKEA.com. That'll get you 20% off your order. Again, that is SANDCAST at YAKEA.com to get 20% off your order. We are just so fired up to continue being sponsored by Waikia Hawaiian Volcanic Water. We love our Hawaiian, 
volcanic water breaks. All right, so enjoy some Waiakea. Get hydrated today. The seasons have changed, y'all. Our summer 2023 season it has come to an end, which means, guess what? Those tattered, beat volleyballs you've been using this entire summer, they need replacing. I know mine do. I just put in an order of 15 new Wilsons. The optics balls, the best balls in the world, hands down, no question. The NCAA uses Wilson for a reason. The AVP uses Wilson for a reason. Everyone uses Wilson for a reason. They make the best balls in the world, and I know it's time to reload. It is tinkering time. This is the time to get better in the offseason, so you come through 2024 fresh and with a brand new skill set to get your double A, get your triple A, win your first AVP, get your first main draw, whatever your goals may be, get some new Wilson volleyballs to help get you there. And use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get you 20% off. That's right, 20% off using the discount code SANDCAST-20. So go to Wilson.com, get some new volleyballs, and get better. This podcast is, of course brought to you by AG1. Now, if you are a longtime listener of Sandcast, you know that Try and I have been drinking AG1 for years. For me, it's been about five years. For Try, it's been about three since we started our partnership with AG1. Now, when I started drinking AG1 daily, it made the biggest difference. We were on the road. We were in Bulgaria. We were in Russia. We were all over Europe. We didn't know how to get all of our veggies in, so we just went with AG1, supplementing where we could, and I could feel a huge difference. We never got sick despite all the travel. I hit 88,000 miles one year, never got sick. I was more relaxed because I knew that I was getting the foundational nutritional supplement I needed, and that's exactly what AG1 is. It is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, immune support, you name it. Now, since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Now, not only did I replace my multivitamin, I used to take all those cheap little gummies you can get at the grocery store or CVS or wherever. Now, I replaced it with AG1, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium, and B vitamins for energy, also good for sleep. And it all balances my body's stress levels. Vitamin C keeps me healthy. Zinc keeps me healthy. It's just, it's the greatest thing. And I recommend it all the time because it has a team of doctors, scientists. It's tested for 950 contaminants. It's NSF certified for sport, so we don't have to worry about USADA or WADA or whoever's testing us to make sure that we're eligible. All right, so AG1 is the supplement I trust and try and savvy to promote to provide, rather, the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. I promise. Try AG1 and get a free, that's right, free, one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com sandcast. That's drinkag1.com slash sandcast. You don't spell out one, by the way. It's the numeral. So check it out. Get your greens today. In terms of food and electrolytes, you think? Um, so in between, I'm a big fan of just snacking. But also, just to your point, like you kind of have to play with it in practice and find what works for you. Like, yeah, you, play, exactly. you, play, you play enough <laughs> years. Like 
if you say this works for you and I see success, I'm exactly. not going to you. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care whether it's about water or training or whatever. It's like, I'm having good things during here. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Let's, let's stay well, also, we all uh, have different um, amounts of salt that are sweat carries or whatever. Like, I'm a heavy, I'm a salty sweater. Mm-hmm. I don't sweat that much, but I'm a salty sweater. So, for me, it's like, they did the salt test with mm-hmm. the USA Volleyball, all that. And um, so, I just try to throw... If I train, um, I need an electrolyte. Like every training session, just an electrolyte mm-hmm. with it. But other people don't need it, apparently. Yeah. Do you have an electrolyte that you like? Uh, I like. I like. I don't like having just one. Like, because okay. sometimes, like we're we're in freaking India or China, like we're just sweating like crazy. Then right. I then I started doing like the element one. That's just yeah. like insane amount of just salt. Salt. Just yeah. pure salt. <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't need that when I'm just trying to recover. Uh, electrolytes from a plane flight you know i just want kind of a well-balanced mm-hmm. like that has a little bit of everything kind yeah. of thing um so i like having options um yeah something about like the fake uh sweeteners and stuff i'm just like i feel like sugar's like from earth and uh yeah. <laughs> like it's all from earth <laughs> but like it's just like sugar's not a bad thing it's not you know it's especially as an for me like come on like sugar's not gonna it's not a big deal for me. It's, yeah. it's the, when people go in excess and, and aren't burning it. Like I had, could eat cake every day, which yeah. I'm not going to do, but like I'm going to burn it anyway. So I don't need to worry about it in my yeah. electrolytes. Especially during tournament days. Like you burn through sugar like newspaper. Mm-hmm. Oh, for like sure. you, you play a six match CBVA, with I, which I did like six times this year. Yeah, you did. I'll eat like six bananas and two bags of dried mangoes and you're just like, yeah. you just rifle through that I'm stuff. more thinking like if I'm uh, fueling purely with sugar and i'm not sure what the science is behind it but like it's more like how am i focusing like how's that working with my head mm-hmm. like i'm gonna be able to focus the same way that that's more what i'd be concerned about like fueling on game it's funny because you like eat so well up until game day and then it's like and now you're gonna eat peanut butter jellies and sh- stuff like that right. you know and it's like <laughs> honestly that's what i'm craving and that's what seems to work yeah uh which is kind of f- funny I don't know. I guess the quality of sugar might make a difference. Um, well, big picture. I mean, your brain runs off carbs. Like, so. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So if if you're, you know, I've seen people that just like slam salty nuts, uh, <laughs> just oh. like the entire tournament day, um, and I'm like, yeah, but where's your actual fuel? Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, carbs, sugars, all your best friends. That's why when he was. He was like, I love mangoes, man. Like the just the cheap sugared mangoes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, look at the package and I'm like, ninety-eight grams of sugar. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like like you'll be fine. I don't do the sweetened ones. That's no, too do oh, real I take mango. a bite of those, I'm like, oh like a, yeah. just a, a normal mango. Oh, that's just that's me? A, okay, sorry. That's enough. <laughs> I like the um But yeah, but you big picture is you want to choose things that are easier on your stomach. Yeah, like you yeah, don't want to exactly. have any kind of intestinal issues. Exactly. So um, I recommend the day before and the day of everything should be low fiber. Like if you love fibrous foods, cool. You need that all the time, hmm. all year. But within 48 hours of a tournament, start losing some of the fiber. Is um, that like a lot of vegetables have fiber, right? A lot of vegetables. Um, if you're somebody who uh, eats a lot of certain kinds of fruits, um, there's a lot of fiber in those, potentially huh. whole grains. Interesting. Uh, yeah. If you have like whole lentils. grain pasta and lentils, dude, you'll get like 800% of your fiber. Yeah. But back in like, the day, it was like 
well, especially for an endurance athlete, it was carbo load, right? That was like yeah. the big thing. And you should you should totally do that. So that's why with I pasta like, is my point. But with yeah. pasta, you can just don't get the whole grain versions. Gotcha. And find the stuff that's a little bit more simple sugar, mm. um, and that's gonna be the the way to go. But also, a lot of people that carb loaded, they're carbing carb loading also the day before, so it gives you a little bit more time. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, you just want stuff that's easy on the stomach, so low fiber and then lower fats, because those two things are like what's the hardest to digest. So, um, and you'll want a little bit of protein. Um, just from energy standpoint as well, but I would usually like the easy to digest kind. So protein shakes is what I personally use because it's easy, but you know, just get a 10 to 20 grams for every hundred grams of carbs, give or take. Uh, but besides that, yeah, carbs and yeah. all, all the ways it, the stuff that you know is comfortable for you, makes you feel good, makes you think good. Uh, and then like in between matches, you just don't have a lull, then you found the sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. That's what, what's worked for me. What's helped me feel my best and which like what'll get me through a six match day is sweet potatoes and like a big like a pretty lean steak mm -hmm. like that's like my sweet spot yeah. i don't know if you have any pre-game yeah i mean that's kind of general i i usually go lean i don't i don't eat red meat generally before i feel like i wake up tired when okay. i eat red meat the night before mm -hmm. and i think lower amounts is fine obviously and sometimes we don't have the option right uh, traveling, we just have go to Brazil. There's picanha on the menu. <laughs> I'm gonna get low, but you know, I'm not gonna go crazy with it. Um, yeah, lean meat, fish or chicken, and then uh, sweet potatoes, pretty ideal. But mm -hmm. whatever, I like rice and um, and then some like broccoli, like some some good green vegetable would be ideal. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, spinach or broccoli. That's kind of like the ideal meal. Yeah. Spinach on my board for sure. Uh, it's pretty simple. Broccoli maybe. probably has a lot of fiber. It was a decent amount of fiber. Okay. In broccoli. Yeah. And at some I never point, I that. think, uh, like the foods you eat, also like mentally, like if you think you're eating healthy. Yeah. I was a I was like one class away from a nutrition minor, and one of my favorite huh. studies that I read was, they did this thing where they gave two groups the same exact diet. They told one group, "Hey, like this is the sad American diet. Like, don't." it's bad. You're probably going to feel like crap. Uh -huh. might gain some weight. Mm -hmm. They gave the other group the same exact diet and we're like cutting edge. Like all the studies say this is the healthiest thing you can be putting in your bodies. And every single measurable thing of health, heart rate was lower. Heart rate variability was higher. The one group lost weight. So, true. so if you think that you're eating healthy and if you think that you are preparing yourself best, it's like, it's just as good as actually eating something that you're like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not. <laughs> the brain's amazing. The, uh, yeah, that's the classic placebo effects. I don't care if you're in medicine or in fitness 100%. or in nutrition, like placebo effect is huge. Yeah. yeah. It's all kinds of, of cool stuff out there that's coming into play. So yeah. Yeah. Mental game needs to be strong. Yeah. It's like with you, like even though broccoli maybe has more fiber than he would recommend. If you're like, Dude, I mean, it's bro green, bro. I'm, I'm popping, <laughs> yeah, baby. It's got to be good. <laughs> it's green. Let's go. So yeah. So once again, I mean, all my all my advice is always general. I was like, yeah. I'm open to like anything. Like if yeah. if you said this made your ankle feel better, cool, mm -hmm. we're gonna do that. If this yeah, is right. how you feel good before game day, and you always have higher energy and you feel explosive. I'm not gonna fight you, man. Like, yeah. you know, Rub my if left earlobe and my things. right ankle feels right. great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> You mentioned snacks are good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, yeah, that was, yeah. So for the, uh, as far as like how big should each, you know, little feeding be, uh, pretty small. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of constant snacking because, uh, like, once again, we're trying to keep keep your stomach happy and not trying to pull out blood in there, which is what happens when you digest a lot of food. Um, so yeah, small snacks throughout the day. Yeah, during timeouts, like whatever it may be, just keep inputting fuel into the system, but yeah. never make it a large dose. Because uh, I there... see people are bringing the subway sandwiches and they just cram it in between games, oh, and I'm dude. like. Yeah, I saw much. Taylor Crab just house like a turkey sandwich at an AVP next one day. I was like, how are you doing that? If I eat that, I'm, I'll be oh, over really? here taking a nap, man. Yeah. I'm kind of built different in that way that, I mean, honestly, like, give me, unless I like eat a massive meal, I'm good. Give me 30 minutes and I'm really? good. Yeah. Like I, I eat big breakfast hour before training pretty regularly i'm big like oatmeal and yeah a few eggs mm -hmm. but like that's kind of heavy and i feel like a lot of people like you you don't really like eating like within an hour right of yeah like, i'll have like uh for breakfast like if i, if I have a nine o'clock match it'll be like almonds fruit like a peanut butter banana trevor doesn't eat an apple and maybe like a thing of yogurt just yeah. to get a little bit of protein in, and that's it I, I like big breakfast. Mm -hmm. Like and and if you make me wait too long to eat, like yeah. I start getting hangry. Getting hangry. hangry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> science like science is on your side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As far as like a poor performance, whether you're an endurance runner, athlete, whatever, yeah. like yeah, eating breakfast is, is key. Mm -hmm. So once again carbs being Trevor Crab doesn't need breakfast. Z like zero. He'll have like uh I think he'll normally have like a fruit smoothie. Okay. Like something super light or like a few pieces of fruit super light though yeah like he sometimes traveling he just wouldn't even come down for breakfast i'm like bro you're crazy like but he's he sleeps really well too so he, he probably sleeps sleeper. through breakfast right or gets close to it yeah close but still it's like it's that means you slept even longer without eating yeah to me i don't know yeah not ideal but once again if you know if that's kind of your norms then yeah and maybe he's sneaking a little bit more calories at nighttime that we're not aware of but yeah yeah, once again, it comes down to if you feel good, cool. Like we, exactly. I can give all the examples in the world of what is perfect, but it's just like find your version of perfect. Exactly, yeah. Are there certain uh, foods that you would recommend as like Nathan's game day superfoods? Um, yeah, a lot of the, the the dried fruit is a big one. Yeah. Bananas, you know, king of yeah, game exactly. day carbs, of course. Right. Can't go wrong with that. Just make sure they're not too green. Otherwise, yeah. they're going to be pretty tough on the stomach. <laughs> right. And, and they're going to go black, terrible. so they're just like <laughs> falling apart in your mouth. Yeah, That's no. awkward. Um, it's a good banana. But yeah, nice. <laughs> good yellow one. <laughs> yeah. You want a few spots is what, I'm, is okay. what I understand. Yeah, A little more sugary, right? Yeah, just yeah. a little bit, just right on the cusp. Yeah. Um, so yeah, bananas, the dried fruits. Um, you can do... Like for the morning, a little bit of oatmeal, but not too much because there's a little bit of fiber, but it does stick with you, that particular thing. Uh, plus, it pulls in water towards your muscles, which is always positive. Um, and then the classic, you know, even you can even go like the candy and stuff, like the gummy bears is yeah. solid. Super easy huh. on the stomach when people do that stuff. Gummy bears, huh? Yeah, I had. What about quality? Isn't there collagen as well in there? Or, or no, gelatin, sorry. There is a little which, bit. So. Which I don't know. Someone recommended that to me based on my blood results mm -hmm. at one point. I forget why, though. One of my buddies is a bodybuilder, and he would just be crushing gummy bears every workout. That's yeah. how you know that the guy's like pretty serious about lifting. Yeah. The guys who's snacking on gummy bears in the weight room, you're like, 
He's for real. Everyone, list, kind of everyone listening thing, yeah. is like, yes. <laughs> yeah. He just told me to eat gummy bears. Like, well, what about yeah. quality of, of sugars? So, yeah, it, it, it can matter for sure. But when it comes to like pure energy, like those little carbohydrate gel packs that yeah. Endurance Runners slam, that's yep. literally it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just a super simple sugar. It's going to be used right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so and in the short term, quality isn't quite as important. Mm. Um, but you know, like for those of us, I'm like, well, I'm putting my little vitamin C. Okay, cool. The mangoes and the, the strawberry pills and all that right. stuff are going to be good. Huh. Like the fruit leathers are solid. Yeah. Um, they're usually just so small. Yeah. They're yeah. Kind of jippy these days. You can just rifle through those <laughs> things. <laughs> but that's honestly not a bad thing. Cause then all of a sudden you've slammed a hundred carbs and you're going to be like, and it was super easy on their stomach and yeah. like, you know, 10 grams of, of oats is going to be about the same heaviness as 100 grams of something pure sugar right 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 uh natural or otherwise so it's like as far as your body is concerned energy is energy um so that yeah simple is good yeah that's why i like the rx bars they're my favorite bars for game days because it's just like dates egg whites and almonds i think are the three yeah those, those are a solid combination for sure yeah, yeah dates are probably one of the better like that's a nice little gummy days bear right there. Dates are bear. Bear. <laughs> very high in natural sugar. Yeah. So exactly. they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of my clients from the Middle East, they, they was like, what do you have for breakfast? One date and coffee. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whoa. So that's something. No, it's just, you know, cultural yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Hopefully I didn't get that too wrong. But um, the point being, I looked up dates because I wasn't familiar from Texas. I'm like, I don't know what a pecan is. Right. Um, <laughs> what's a date? And it's yeah. like, oh, it's not a nut at all. Okay. It's actually a sugary fruit. And I'm yeah. like, actually, that's pretty good pre workout. Even just one of those, you're not going to have like 20, 30 grams of sugar. I was like, yeah. oh, that's energy. All right. I'm good. Yeah. I didn't it. start eating. It's not really a thing in Hawaii either. Maybe nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like everything's the health, yeah. wellness stuff. But. Yeah. I didn't really know what they were until I came up here to Cali, started getting them, throwing them in smoothies, like mm-hmm. instant it's, sweetener. It's, it's a great yeah. sweetener. Yeah. 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 Oh, here's a question for you, though, because I think that there's a like a tipping point. Because what I've found is that I cannot do smoothies because it's too much sugar at once. And an hour and a half later, I'm getting like cold sweats and I just crash. And that's what we found with kind of smoothie. Are you making man? Well, like a smoothie king, <laughs> just like a smoothie king, like strawberry banana. You mm-hmm. look at those. Oh, things. you're doing the Jamba Juice, bro. Yeah, it's like 110 <laughs> grams of frozen sugar. yogurt is ice cream, dude. Oh, They're just trying to hell. name it. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't eat Jamba Juice anymore. I'm like, I can't justify eating two scoops of ice cream in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. But that happened to Delaney in New Orleans, and she had a smoothie, and she was like, "Oh, this is perfect." And then mm-hmm. at the start of her match, she was just like, "I'm gone." Like mentally, she wasn't there. Physically, she was dying, and we just like kind of guessed it was sugar crashes. And then I just like took inventory of every time I had a smoothie. It's like I felt like garbage. That's interesting. Huh. I wonder if it's because, because to a point, when you do blend up uh, fruits, vegetables, etc., uh, you do digest a little faster. Yeah. So it might just be like it just when it hits, it all hits. Yeah. You're yeah, just yeah. like mainlining six apples, two oranges. Yeah. <laughs> that's I'll, true. I'll, I'll have to check in with my nu- my nutritionist on that one. But I'm like, that's interesting because typically that's I'm like that would be a good smack. Okay, there's three to four strawberries there's banana in there all right mm-hmm. cool it's all pretty easy but if there's if that's reaction that's pretty common that would be i don't check in on that i could see that but like how many grams of sugar are you getting in like if you eat a large smoothie is that like 
100? It's like 100 like, grams of sugar. A lot. That's it'll a it'll lot. be probably more than 100 if it's yeah. large. And it's yeah. more than 100, and it's all going in at once, it's and you're digesting it quicker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's liquid, so... Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I wouldn't, so I wouldn't that, that would be a large against smoothie, the, the probably, <laughs> right before I match. I don't anymore. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then at that point, yeah, it's like if you were chewing that whole, whole food style, that would be like three quote-unquote game day snacks all at once. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You'd like, never sit down and eat. Like everything that's eat, in that, yeah, you wouldn't apples. just eat that yeah. in like what fifteen minutes? <laughs> right. Three apples, a banana, and yeah. you know, like, like the act of chewing will will be your governor. Exactly. Your jaw would be so tired. <laughs> yeah, like, I got. I can't feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for me, no smoothies, but chewing, like eating fruit, has been. I just live on fruit mm-hmm. on game day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, once again, that's why I'm a father. I'm like, I, once I saw your carb choices, and I just, you know, I talked to the lady. I was like, hey, you're carb queen. Make sure he eats between every match every and she point. does do a good job of that yeah and she's like oh i got this i'm like, All right, cool <laughs> so i'm on the sidelines i'm just a fan at this point i'm like i can't do much i'm like it's in your hands uh and then uh, she can get close and i'll be like all right cool she's got this yeah well that covers kind of the nutritional element of was i guess is there anything post the end of the tournament is it just like bro get get your calories however you can or do you think that there's a a kind of a recommended I mean, yeah, you can you can get fancy with it and get science based and all this stuff, and this is gonna recover you faster and all that. But main thing, just get hydrated and then go have fun. Like, go enjoy, you know, whether it was. It was uh, Don't sell that to you. You have to be specific with the volleyball community because they're thinking take shots at showback when go you say have go have fun. fun. <laughs> Blacked out, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it kind of depends. Like, if you just won and you're just like, ah, okay, cool, then go, go enjoy that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah then for go sure. enjoy. It. But if you if you lost, it'd be like, all right, go drown yourself in a pizza or Chipotle. <laughs> right like whatever man yeah 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 yeah, just make yourself feel good like it needs to be some calories um you're going to be tired no matter what um but if there's no uh if that's kind of like it's only your tournament's done or it's just one day thing then yeah you can kind of kind of do what you want i'm not going to get too picky on that gotcha yeah yeah for me it's like it's like the one time i let myself have pizza is after a tournament but that's when i when i let myself go like that yeah i'm the same way whatever yeah end of the tournament I feel like shit because <laughs> I've been eating so cleanly for right. so long. And then it's just like, now I'm going to choose all at once. Yeah. When I'm most tired and beat up, my body <laughs> just, wants the good stuff to be like, pizza. F you. Yeah. Here's yeah. beer and pizza. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, no. but you got to say at the same time though, is like, and you know, cause I do this with my, my everyday clients. I was like, look, man, nobody's perfect. You can't be perfect oh, all the time. Like if you do that, you're going to fall off the wagon over and over. Yeah. You're going to probably start yeah. having, um, some mental issues around you know the thought of food and how you should eat and yeah. the choices you make every day and that's just that's not a good place to live so i was like, like if you go to holiday and it's christmas like it's coming up like eat what you want man like yeah come back five pounds have, i don't care if it's end of a tournament and it was good or bad dude you just busted your ass to get here for a meal or two or a day or two like just do what you want like yeah for sure like if you're craving a freaking donut dude, go eat the donut it's fine <laughs> for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like come on man no just, i agree uh, and then like in a couple of days or one day, like, okay, cool. Back on it. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I like once, when, when, when the event is done, you just need to give yourself a break. Yeah. Give yourself some freedom. I yeah. found that like what's best for me in my older age. Um, cause I used to just be like perfect diet until the tournament and then complete shit for mm-hmm. like two, three days. And like riding that roller coaster was just yeah. like harder. So now I'm like more flexible with myself 
going up to the tournament still healthy but like Mm -hmm. let's not be like crazy food nazis yeah yeah and then after the tournament let's not eat an entire pizza (laughs) just to do it and then have donuts for breakfast in the morning like let's just eat good all the time like and i still ramp up in tournaments and then i'll for sure i'm like craving burger Mm -hmm. and wings like yeah i'll hammer that after tournaments um or even in tournaments if i need it mentally um but like I've found with age, it's better to just kind of stay closer to the median all the time versus like riding this roller coaster. Seesaw. Yeah, the seesaw. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's actually a, a strategy that I use a lot uh, with people, and you nail it on the head. Like, don't be perfect. Perfect doesn't yeah. exist. Don't try yeah. it. You're only gonna fail. Yeah. Every single time. Mm-hmm. So you know, seventy, eighty percent perfect is perfect. Yeah. Even like at the Olympics, like I know it's funny, like you almost picture everyone eating perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is the biggest pinnacle of your life kind of thing. And I'm looking at these athletes, like what they're eating and even what they're serving. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, these guys, like some of these guys are eating McDonald's and like stuff like that. They didn't have it in Tokyo, but they've had it at other places. And I heard like Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt was like nothing but chicken nuggets, right? Yeah, he's like, this is just what I do. (laughs) Um, But like, wow it's not all the best athletes in the world aren't all eating the Tom Brady diet, Mm -hmm. you know, that he probably isn't even eating all the time. Uh, T12, bro. I mean, when you have people making it for you, (laughs) it's a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, that's a big difference for sure. Uh, but I'm not surprised. I mean, especially Olympians, like a lot of them are like, you know, self-funded. They loaded our, our, uh, um, our whatever rooms with so many, smuckers what do you call it? uncrustables oh, i was like these are the lowest quality of all peanut butter jellies i love that though man but, and we were hammering I and mean, they're in the freezer we're just like man, loving it when we I was did like, the whiskey i don't know if this is the choice diet for when Olympics. we did the whiskey episode and you guys started talking about Uncrustables <laughs> in Tokyo. And Taylor Crab was like, when they're just frozen, but a little thawed. Yeah, a little. Oh. <laughs> we were all like, we were all trying to freeze them just the perfect amount. I'd be worried about Taylor's mental health if he didn't have his Uncrustables, man. They saved his he life probably out there. way too much in, in his <laughs> prison. Stuck in his prison. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But the, the nutrition element, semi-taken care of, like relatively simple. But the, uh, the big question we get literally every single episode mm-hmm. how can i jump higher oh yeah and obviously Why? that's not a simple I've, answer i've stopped asking that in high school yeah but what um if someone comes to you and says hey man i got a year before uh like my tryouts for this team or before this big tournament mm-hmm. and i gotta get my vertical up because i am on the ground sure where do we start and how do we start to to ramp up and get that vertical higher uh yeah so very common very big question and as all things uh depends right uh so that's why i kind of like the the one-on-one training world is because everybody is in of one yeah. like i get to see where you're at what your background is uh what injury history you may have um just all that stuff and then i get to take all those puzzle pieces and put it together uh, that's kind of my favorite thing of what i do um but as far as just starting out, I mean, if you've never, um, I mean, first place is, do you practice jumping in some sort of way or fashion? Like, do you jump in your sport? Cool. All right. Great place to start. Um, cause if you don't practice at anything, you're not going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, cause technique literally can add anywhere from 
two to six inches mm -hmm. just instantly right if you see somebody that has uh, a poor block foot poor arm swing whatever it may be um but as far as performance goes do you have a strength training background you know you don't need to be strong don't need to be a bodybuilder um or a power lifter just as far as a strength background to have but if you've never lifted weights if you get stronger you'll jump higher right um and then kind of from there um once you can move loads um start moving loads a little bit faster so can you uh start having a little more velocity in some of the things you do um and then as far as beach uh I do some plyometric work with you guys, um, but it's not as much as I would with an indoor athlete or a basketball player. We've got some really fun news for y'all, and that is that Sandcast and Volleyball TV, or VBTV, whatever you want to call it, we are now partnered up. So the Road to Paris series that I record after every olympic qualifying event or every other that's now going to start featuring video highlights instead of just the still pictures we're going to have actual video highlights so it's going to be more like an actual volleyball highlight show so instead of just still pictures you're actually going to get to see what's going on on the field of action and in return we're going to start promoting volleyball tv and you get 20 percent off your volleyball tv subscription when you use the code sandcast20 now this is case sensitive so sandcast is all caps 20 and that's the numeral 20. So it's Sandcast, all caps, 20. And you will get 20% off your VBTV subscription. Now, a lot of you guys who are listening to the show, you're beach volleyball super fans. And I absolutely love that. I love you. I love you for listening. I love you for subscribing to VBTV and watching. So if you already have your subscription, when it comes time to renew, you can use that code. Or you could honestly cancel and then renew with your 20% off if you wanted to. So again, Sandcast, 20 all caps at volleyball TV. That'll get you 20% off. So I'm stoked to be partnering with VBTV. It's just been such a sweet thing to have for the sport, to have like all the volleyball you could watch in one spot, or at least all the international volleyball you could watch in one spot. That's indoor. It's Italian league. It's even the big 10 indoor. You get all of that 20% off with our code. So go and watch your beach volleyball today at volleyball TV. This show is brought to you by Bartender in a Box. Yes, guys, we've been looking for an alcohol sponsor for a long time on this show, and now it's time to drink outside the box with Bartender in the Box, our new sponsor and the official margarita and official Mai Tai of the American Volleyball League and AVL on IO and Sports. And for those on a volleyball player's budget, we got you. Sandcast and Bartender in a Box invites you and 12 of your friends to enjoy just one box of their premium bar quality libations for around 20 bucks. That's right, 12 premium mixed cocktails out of just one tasty package, whether it's pregame or postgame. We got you covered. Celebrating that beach volleyball victory or styling sunset, or maybe you lost in the quarterfinals like you planned to, so you could drink your bartender in a box while everyone else still is playing, burning calories, all that stuff. Bartender in a Box is available in a growing number of flavors, stores, and markets where you shop, but if it's not on display, just ask for it as it sells out quick. The libation experience and price are worth it. So shake your box today. Have a margarita. Have a Mai Tai. Enjoy the show. Okay. Um, just because you're not going to get quite as much carryover from that elastic property that you would on court, um, but still that's still teaching your nervous system to be a little bit faster right. uh and a lot of that stuff is going to be really uh good for your joints tendons etc so some plyometric work 
um, which kind of start coming into play there. And then uh, if you've made some gains there and you're starting to get stuck at that point, uh, getting somebody to kind of assess you on a high level with some force plates, whatever it may be. But like for you, we tested the other day, if I can use you for an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a, just to keep it simple, basically a power jumper. Jumper. Yeah. You have you have very high results as far as just creating your own uh, power to get up. Now we have what we call the stretch shortening cycle. That's kind of the elasticity of the muscles without the getting into the tendons and stuff. But that's your ability for your muscles to uh, absorb and or generate force and then release it. Um, that's an area of opportunity for you. So I was like, all right, cool. You can when I don't give you uh, the ability to uh to lower yourself into a counter movement jump and then jump back up it's almost the same yeah which is insane huh. like he can jump almost as high with no knee bend as he can with a full up down yeah so we well, so we would we start did, yeah, so we did uh we did testing the other day yeah and so we did a couple different measurements so one is a counter movement jump so basically like uh like you're in front of the hitter as a blocker and you go down up yeah yeah and just then the classic jump the other right. one is like you start yeah. in your squat already loaded right and you already loaded and then you go up yeah and my jumps were almost all oh, right right yeah 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 i believe that what what i've found is um it's interesting how i've evolved because i used to play all the way up into professional indoor mm-hmm. volleyball or sorry indoor volleyball mm-hmm. and um the way that i can move on the hardwood is completely different like i'll of go course. dunk basketball like mm-hmm. i know i jump higher than i ever jumped in my life nowadays mm-hmm. when i was playing indoor and I can barely dunk. Yeah. Like, just because I'm just not used to that anymore. I used to be a one-footed jumper. Mm-hmm. I used to need that load and that force into the ground. But my body's just evolved out of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might be a big piece of it. It's just like our bodies evolve as beach jumpers. Like, we, you take yeah, indoor guys out to the sand and... <laughs> And like, it's awesome. No matter who it is, you're like, <laughs> you can't jump as high as me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like lugging around. So there's like this like adaptation that your body naturally does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's your, your hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's completely different adaptations. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the only sport in the world that is on sand where you have to move explosively. Yeah. So that's where I'm trying to dig into. Um, is to get as many people to start kind of testing with the equipment I have, the Hawkins Dynamic Force Plates plug. Uh, <laughs> give me some free ones. Um, but there's going to be something that happens uh, for those of us that play in the sand two, three, four, five days a week that you just, it doesn't happen on anybody else because yeah. we're the only people that play in sand. So I'm trying to dig into what these adaptations might be and then how I can learn from that and then of course, uh, transferred over to the training that we would do accordingly. But yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. I, I did the same thing used to, I could even at my ripe age, I could grab the rim just a couple of years ago and now I'm actually jumping higher according to all my data. But when I go get around basketball yeah. rim, I'm like barely get up there and I'm like, exactly. what the hell, man? <laughs> I know. So I'm and like, it, so e- elasticity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was in shoes and I'm Damn, like, so shoes feel terrible. The court yeah. feels terrible. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? So well, it's yeah. us a week and I think I think we can our bodies can naturally adapt and like probably get I, I mean I'm not gonna spend a week on hard whatever. Yeah. But I think it it is that quick of like your body's like, oh, okay, like you don't 
slam your feet into the ground mm-hmm. when you're on the sand and yeah you don't just gingerly like land when you're on the hardwood and then try to jump and then i mean like we'll we'll land like almost straight legged on the sand when because we're, we're used to hermosa you know yeah, right we have to even adapt when, when we go overseas and we're like damn this is like hard compact sand like mm-hmm. other people play in man-made courts they train yeah. there and so they're used to that compact like we're all used to this like pillow soft like we'll go block and like land on our knees and get up Mm-hmm. kind of thing so yeah it's i mean it's an adaptation for sure yeah yeah, yeah we call that how, how long it takes you to get off the ground time to take off so obviously mm-hmm. if you're jumping in sand it's gonna be a lot longer yeah. than on court for sure uh so that's something that we i try to look at i'm like okay cool if we can one of the many many metrics but if we can improve time to take off um like jumping higher is cool but if you already jumped decently high, well, what's the next step? Okay, cool. Can we jump that high but faster? Mm. Can we get a little bit more reactive with it? So getting to the same height with less effort and faster, that's also a win. Because, you know, the guys that already sky, okay, cool. But what about on that second block attempt? What about on that two-step approach? Right. Like, that's what I want you to be just as explosive as if you were doing a four-step. Four yeah. Um, that, like, so that's kind of the next step. Come down people. from the block is yep. like that. Thing and then I'm trying to repeat. Come down and then step out of it into a move, like a mm-hmm. controlled move. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the that's the that's one of the more athletic moves, I think, in volleyball. It's like yeah. coming up from a max block, being in the position you, you want to be in whether you touch it or not and mm-hmm. even more if you touch it and it kind of like shifts and then you land off balance and yep. still are making like an athletic move off of it in control while like doing a very finesse like mm-hmm. pass or set yeah or you get your soft block have to come down sometimes pick while yourself you're back falling. up and then turn get like a half step approach and still have enough yeah. to put it away mm-hmm. yeah i think that's what uh the guy that comes to mind is chase buttinger mm-hmm. man his like he is he jumps high obviously in the freaking dunk contest right. but he jumps so fast like you look at his block load it's like a little past quarter yeah him and theo right boom, boom. yeah well chase yeah and and he doesn't jump as high as he used to right like we're seeing like <laughs> dumb down chase <laughs> right we're seeing like 75 percent of chase well post knee surgery yeah a few i think he had a few mm-hmm. um i also think i'm convinced it's a coordination thing because i've heard people like whatever talk with people and they're like i see like it looks like you drag your feet in the sand a little bit and then i watch my myself walk and I, i'm a i grew up on the beach mm-hmm. like i know how to walk in the sand or whatever my my body's adapted to it for a reason and i do i like slam my toes in i like dig my toes in the sand and i realize like you want once you jump you're compressing the sand and you get to that point where okay it's compressed enough mm-hmm. to where i can jump off of it mm-hmm. So like naturally, I'm just dig my feet to that point. Whereas other people are trying to stay on top of the sand, and then they have to sink down to that compression point before they can go up, and it's like wasted energy. But if you watch people who are just, they just live and jump in the sand like a lot of us do. Like we're constantly point, poking our toes down into that point yeah. where it's already compressed, and we just know how to find it right. with coordination. Like obviously, we're not thinking about it, but. You know who's I a just think great it's funny. guy to watch on film for that exact thing? Hmm. Todd Rogers' Step Close. Huh. Someone, I forget uh, what, maybe Marcio told me. He called, almost it the, he called it the Raji Stomp, where his step close, he's like, Super boom, hard, yeah. And like, and then he can, and he flew. Yeah. And so, like, he was big into that of creating that sort of like, almost like compressed flat yeah. thing to explode off of. Yeah. It was really interesting. 
good luck thinking about it and trying to do it though. Like people are like, okay, I'm gonna go out there and right. try to compress. Like it's like kind of gotta be. A, it's kind of a natural thing that your body does. I'm, I think. Yeah, I I wouldn't necessarily recommend teaching that. Right. But once again, like I said, everybody's end of one. So if that works for him, then cool. But especially on the deeper sands, like it's just gonna shift so much. So you don't try to control the sand you kind of let it just work with you yeah. like you found out how to do right uh and then from there are you in the optimal joint angles when you are hitting the sand mm-hmm. that as soon as that uh point of return starts coming back from the sand you're like okay cool there is a little bit of, of, of solidness cool yeah every other muscle is ready yeah, at that yeah, point yeah. just break. yeah yeah so that's where you know technique and timing can really come into play mm-hmm. as far as like all right when you do get to your lowest point is that syncing up at the same time that your feet is finally finding that uh, contact point and then you can elevate yeah so in terms of of lifting you mentioned that you know, strong what was it strong you're not wrong or strong you're never wrong or, you can't go wrong, can't with strong, go wrong strong, there it yeah, is yeah. but you also mentioned that there there reaches a point where you want to move the weight faster mm-hmm. so if you can trap bar 500 pounds that's great but if you're just like and like barely getting it up then yeah. like you're sort of teaching your body to move slow exactly right yeah yeah, yeah. So you, I think we talked about that a few times. Um, so yeah, once you can actually lift some decent loads, full range of motion, pain free, all that stuff, then yeah, if you want that, and you've probably maximized your ability to get a couple inches out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, at that point, you want to start moving with intent. Cool. Can I move light or medium weights fast mm-hmm. at that point? Um, In a safe manner. So we're not yeah, just, like, for sure. So like you know, around. get into your joint specific stuff. Like find the angles that when you watch yourself play. Okay, cool. When I block, I'm at this angle. When I do a approach, I'm at this angle. All right, cool. That's where I feel powerful. If I don't need to change that, um, this is all like you know, people that are coming up or new to the game. If you're experienced, I'm not going to mess with you too much. Um, but find those angles, and then cool. That's where I should be getting some of my lifts in is at those specific angles, and then can I move that weight at a pretty fast mm-hmm. um, speed? And especially if you have access to a lot of toys, um, a lot of the top universities do now. Uh, I've never walked into the UCLA or USC weight rooms here, but um, they're going to have force plates. They're going to have VBT stuff, which is velocity-based training. So that just shows you how fast the bar is moving. Mm-hmm. We've done it with you. Yep. Um, and then all the research on that is just so ridiculously positive. There just hasn't been anything negative about that stuff yet. Um, I think the average was... Roughly 8% more uh, power expressed when using velocity-based training. I can, really? when, you can see, when you can see the speed of the bar in front of you, um, it, it becomes competition. Yeah. Like, I'm going right, to right, right, yeah. number. For sure. Like, and so then each workout, each rep, all that adds up. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, that 8%, that's, that's a, lot of, a lot of extra juice you're going to have access to. Um, so if you have access to toys and at that point they can, they can be useful. Um, but yeah, move, move stuff fast, move heavy stuff slow in the beginning. But then at that point, moving stuff fast is going to maintain that strength. Like I haven't lifted over probably 200 pounds in the last year and a half, but I guarantee you if I were to go max out, I could probably hit 350 to 400 pounds right now. Mm -hmm. Like expressing, um, strength through power and, and explosiveness actually maintains max strength. It's one of the coolest things ever. Um, so like we haven't had you deadlift 400 pounds hardly at all, but right. if we, if we were to tab you one rep max day, which is not safe, not recommended. <laughs> um, but you can still do it. I guarantee you. And that's just based off of the fact that your muscles are used to having to fire every fiber as hard as you can 
in these various ways that we do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are there, uh, like what are the bang for the buck exercises? Obviously everyone's different, but say like your average person, like our average podcast listener, for example, mm -hmm. is going to have access to a 24 fitness, uh, a planet fitness, whatever their local gym is. So if you had to give like a, like your five biggest bang for your buck exercises for an aspiring beach volleyball player. Yeah. Um, definitely have a bilateral pattern that you're very comfortable with. So that just means both feet. So whether it's, if you have access to a trap bar, cool. Barbell, cool. Um, but beach is a two legged sport. Mm -hmm. Um, dumbbells, heavier dumbbells. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you're going to want to have like a squat pattern. I always recommend front squats unless it's, you're the very strong type. Then you're gonna have to go to back squat but front squats if you can get your wrist or your comfortable arms i like those just because it's a little more knee dominant um but you just stay upright when we jump we stay upright when we sink down because we're still looking at the ball right so yeah. we have to be able to stay upright so i love front squats for that um does it make your hip go back more no. having the weight there or less you, you start you stay more upright so right. back squat the hips uh yeah, have yeah, a little yeah, more gotcha. extension yeah gotcha. so both are great um, but then for, once you get strong at that a little bit and you can move some load, then start adjusting the load to where it's uh, it's going to be based on your angles and then start exploding with it. Like, can I move this weight fast enough where I kind of pop off my heels a little bit? Mm. That's a great place to be. So that could be your squat pattern. Um, Olympic lifts, uh, unless you have a massive background with those as far as cleans, jerks, all that yeah. stuff. Um, just they're not... I'm going to get a lot of crap for saying this, but risk versus reward, it's just not mm. worth it. Like you can get just as much and actually more uh, out of a trap bar jump than you yeah. can a hand clean. I'll, just for reference, like I basically, you know, every once in a while we'll do, we'll do something, whatever, put something on my back or, but I basically stopped Olympic lifting in college mm -hmm. because of how it, uh, works with my back. It's almost like automatic. You you make me back squat heavy. My back, my lower back is gonna be hurting mm -hmm. for the next week or few days. Yeah. So I like it's just not for me at all. Trap bar sure, like the, just the way that the weights. I don't know. It's just the balance of my body. It just doesn't work. Whereas like I have other friends who just have these big thick cores and like I think they can just handle it better. Yeah. Love it. Mm -hmm. It's just great for their game. So yeah, I don't Olympic lift traditionally yeah no for sure i mean once again it's 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 all uh going to be specific on what people are comfortable with and if they don't have the skill set to olympic lift which most people don't cool you shouldn't be doing that but most people can pick up a trap bar with a decent form out of the box that's going to be available at most uh public gyms these days it wasn't as of 10 years ago which makes it's me kind very, of a totally sad it's kind of like a new thing not not new but it's sort of like that's the newest piece of equipment that's becoming pretty consistent yeah and like i said you can use it for your your heavy stuff and you can use it for explosive stuff too yeah uh so it's it's very versatile yeah i'm a fan for sure yeah but what about dumbbells like i was i'm like isn't lifting dumbbells the same thing but they're just a little more free in terms of like how you can you're going to be starting limited in, uh if you're pretty strong you're going to be starting limited on what you can hold uh, it's going to be a big point. one um, but also depends on the exercises, like, uh, working on your brakes right now. So we have a drop catch thing where we're just holding in uh, a dumbbell right. and, and dropping and catching it. Um, so stuff like that, kettlebells, yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Right. Um, lunge variations, great for that. You're not going to be as strong. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, if you got dumbbells, then knock some heavy lunges out. It's 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 gonna be more single leg based. Uh, but if that's what you have access to, and once again, if you're not that strong, that's that's a great place to start. Right. Yeah, you're not gonna do 400 pounds of dumbbells, right? I don't know if they're making those. I don't know who can that, hold that. That's a good point. Well, actually, I do. Ronnie Coleman could hold that. Yeah, buddy. Lightweight baby. Dude, I remember Jeez. Phil <laughs> Phil Dahlhauser put up a picture of him doing a lunge, but he had uh, put in marker or chalk on the back of the dumbbell, like 200 pounds. Oh. <laughs> and people in the comments were like, "The thin beast? Are you kidding me? Yeah, right. <laughs> so With strong. those noodle legs." <laughs> It's awesome. that's amazing yeah i mean now yeah there was i think during uh some random olympic video i saw jay gibb was back squatting like 135 and i'm like you know what for a man that tall um he's kind of been towards the end of his career i was like that's solid yeah like, you know that's all he needs like he can perform well it's like he just maintains that resiliency with that hopefully he's doing some other stuff um but i was just like yeah that's so that's that's my point like just you don't need a ton of strength you need yeah. to have a baseline uh and then from there you don't need to really lift that heavier anymore yeah. um we got our we got our squats yeah we got some kind of squat pattern trap bar trap bar uh you can use um and like i said that trap bar jumps are great if you're really tall elevate them off the ground just throw them on a couple of bumper plates um jump from there you can do uh you can do them straight off the ground where it's concentric only where you just you're there you're upright make sure your knees are forward so it's quads not jumping with your butt um to start off with um and then you can also go from the ground on those and then you can do the counter movement up down with the trap bar um but i usually recommend doing the counter movement stuff pretty light because we want that to be building the speed so a couple 10 pound dumbbells to your point up down real fast um that's going to be a big one for for jumping in the sand so i have multiple variations of those that we'll use depending um Box jumps, I'm a huge fan of, um, especially for, for beach, just because it takes the landing out of it. Mm -hmm. So when you land, you're landing with hundreds of pounds of force. And if you're used to it, cool, you're not going to notice it. But that's just a lot of accumulated fatigue that we don't have to have. Right. Um, so find you a box, try not to land on hard ground, jump onto a box, um, especially in season. That's going to be a big one. It's such a small thing, but... Um, probably don't have Make a, some stairs down i've noticed that you're like yeah because <laughs> if it's really high you're doing like almost like a one-legged like iso squat mm -hmm. like that's gonna build up too that if adds you do up 10 quick. more of those <laughs> yeah yeah and you're just like why am i getting so tired in between this was, yeah because if you like if you fall from like uh two or three feet up and you like if you set a set of force plates and you land on those and you're like you're 700 pounds of force when you land i'm like that's pretty exhausting for your legs right, to take yeah. on top of the pounding your joints are taking so, yeah, man, if you're going to do some jump stuff, uh, use a box, especially in season. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see. That's like three, right? Box jumps. Good. And a lot of times you'll, what you'll do with me is you'll pair squats with box jumps or pair trap bar with box jump or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of you can get where we, that's just an easy way of uh, put something moderately heavy with a similar pattern with something light and explosive. Mm -hmm. So we call that contrast training. Yeah. So very, very common in the SNC world, not so common in the everyday uh, gym world. So it's, it's simple. Pick something that feels similar to each other, move, move a moderate or a light load, medium to semi-fast, and then go move your body fast. Mm -hmm. So a sprint move or a jump move or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, especially if it's a similar pattern, that's just a super easy way to get a lot of bang for your buck. So like do a squat pattern, go do a box jump super super simple 
Um, but just notice that that kind of, uh, you, you get that bar off your back and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I feel super light right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's called the potentiation effect. So then at that point, nervous system is super ramped. Go move your fast thing. Do a few weeks of that. Your body gets used to doing that extra fast thing it couldn't do without that potentiation. And then hashtag gains. <laughs> <laughs> so exercise four in our Nathan's bang for the buck. Um, definitely get some single leg work. Uh, so even though we're in a bilateral sport, um, it's a very uneven sur- surface as far as like balance and stuff. If you don't move in sand, you're just like, oh my God. We also jump most, I know it's different, but most people jump with left foot forward, like a right-handed hitters jumping with the left foot a bit forward. I know it's different with certain people. Yeah. We call uh, that your block foot. Yeah. Yeah. But some people are like pretty close to even too, which I didn't realize. Uh, but I'm like solid, like f- six inches yeah. well, I think it, it might depend on what side you play too because you're on oh, you're totally, ready on the totally. left so your approach is angled yeah so you're not your left foot's naturally going to be is it yeah left, a little bit forward so for me yeah. it's like my right foot would be more forward well it's like how much how open do you want your hips to be when you right. start right some people don't really open up and they're more like forward like phil right like phil would guess even on the left because he's goofy footed right yeah it's like probably even anyway yeah, we that's going to come from your indoor background. Uh, right. Because if you jump on court, if you come in with any kind of speed, your body has to slow down that force created and then create it and go vertical. Well, yeah. okay, your foot's going to turn. Maybe we call it, that's why we call it the block foot because you it comes off in a block position and it allows you to then create your force upwards. Oh, got you, got you. Um, that's typically how you should jump. But if people grew up in the sand, that's the only sport they've played. Yeah, you might see some semi-parallel uh, foot. I've seen a couple people do that. Yeah. And once again, if you're, they're efficient, okay, right. cool. Totally. Um, but so yeah. Single leg work. Single leg. There's a, uh, I mean, you got single leg RDLs. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about Bulgarian split squats? Because that's, a lot of people do those. Yeah. No, if somebody is really uncomfortable having a bar on their back mm-hmm. or they're just not comfortable with heavier loads in general, great man that's cool uh single leg with the rear foot elevated um we call them rfps but classic term is bulgarians even though they did not come up with it Uh pet peeve of mine got romanian things and russian things and american (laughs) like dude none of these countries have anything to do with these exercises (laughs) but we just start throwing random ass countries in front of these like like, sounds cool bulgarians yeah they're tough asses over do you know anything about bulgaria like um so, but yeah, so when the rear foot's elevated is a great way to uh, build some legitimate strength. Uh, it'll transfer very nicely to pretty much anything you want to do. So yeah, when I mean, we've done variations, uh, yeah. th- if I feel like, um, so for your knee, they're going to be really good as well. Like mm-hmm. knee stuff, like single leg strength work is just imperative. And you want to be doing, or sorry, you want to be doing it to the point where you're getting a nice stretch in your hip flexor as well. Is that part of it or you're not really... That's not really part of it. You can't if 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 um if I'm dealing with somebody who's a uh somebody who gets deep into their their hip angles when they jump. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have you go a little deeper. Yeah, but yeah. if you're, you know, like uh somebody let's say a 6465 six, female or a 6869 male, you're just not going to be getting that deep. So yeah, at that yeah, point, yeah. we just adjust accordingly. So what I usually do is warm-up sets. I'll have you do the classic, like, super deep warm-ups, um, as the grass, as they say, AT- ATG. Um, but those should not be your working sets. Working sets are going to be in more of the, the specific angles. Mm. Um, I won't call out names, but there's uh, one female I saw training. Uh, I watched her move on the court, then I watched her work out, 
lifting these heavy loads in these very, very non-specific patterns. And I'm just like, oh, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> like, use that strength and then put it in a slightly more specific way. Like, but yeah, you should be able to squat ass to grass or go all the way down on the on the Bulgarians. But then when you get into your loading working sets, whether you're working for a little bit more speed or full strength, um, should be slightly more specific. Mm. And when you're doing the Bulgarians, because there's a lot of different schools of thought on this, are you going knees over toes or are you sort of sinking back like so it's more of a, of a glute lift? Um, so what feels strongest is where I go with athletes. Okay. Like if you're a bodybuilder, you can get specific in those joint angle things and where's the most of the stretch coming from in what muscle group um, is going to be a big part of hypertrophy. Uh, but generally speaking, I want my athletes to typically train lower body days, uh, barefoot anyway, or in socks. So at that point, I want you to become a foot whisperer. Listen to your foot. <laughs> if you're on a single extra exercise, it knows how to balance. It will find your strongest angles naturally. So get your big toe, pinky toe and heel all, uh, kind of think about it as a tripod driven through the ground and then just listen to it as you go up and down and it'll put you in the right places typically. Awesome. And are we doing dumbbells in either hand or dumbbells in one hand? Uh, once, if you're trying to do it as more of a cool, I see this person could use a little bit more balance work. Um, you can go one side or the other, depending on contralateral or lateral. Got it. Um, and then if you're working on more on strength, um, then both hands, no problem. Got it. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, as far as RDL stuff, um, who oh, only have five, but what, is, what does RDL stand for? Romanian deadlifts. Oh my god! Thank uh, goodness for the Romanians. Uh, if building if it those for them, man, and nobody would have invented this exercise, and nobody would have hamstrings or glutes. No one would ever. be. Yeah. No one would have found it out. Yoga pants wouldn't even be. You a would thing. not. You would no not be butts. Yeah, those of us in the South would look terrible in a set of Wranglers. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Thank God for the Romanians. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm a big proponent of this, this single leg Romanian stuff. Like it's, it's, and I typically do landmine versions. Um, I, a decently loaded up single leg RDL is pretty hard. Most people can't do it. You're going to be falling over or you're just not going to be getting up to the loads that you could be using. So uh, yeah, landmine is a great version of that. And then you can get a little snappy on the way up too. Because even though you're on one leg, you can still kind of drive the hand into the bar a little bit. Um, so you need to go heavy or you can go snappy on those. And so you're mildly unstable while they also being stable. So I'm a big fan of those. Um, and then, yeah, for, for beach players, since, like I said, that one study is like, oh, cool. More hip flexion. We sink deeper. All right, cool. That means more glutes are going to be involved. So then at that point, your bridges are going to come into play mm -hmm, yeah. as well. We'll call that kind of like a 5.5. Um, I've created some, a couple of different, uh, tempos and variations that I thought would be a little bit more uh specific to um sports so the drop pop hip thrust yeah uh so instead of going all the way from the ground to the top i start at the top free fall about halfway down and explode back up and catch it so um so we're working on that rate of force development in that in those hips so if you can get your glutes to fire fast uh that can help you jump higher in the yeah, sand which sure. is not something that i would do for a basketball player Huh. I mean, you want to be strong in the glutes, but they're not a massive um, uh, supplier of force for, for jumping, especially if you're like a one-legged jumper. Yeah. Like your knee bends maybe 10 to 15 degrees and right. you explode. So that's more so, quad. Yeah. 
that's going to be your relaxing properties through your tendons and then a lot of quad. Well, you mentioned with squatting how you want your your athletes to squat through the quad more than the glute. Mm-hmm. What's the? I know there's like especially nowadays like everyone's kind of realizing the knees over toes kind of thing. I know that's a trendy thing, but yeah. What's the thought process on that? Because like I I've also been taught uh, at time doing both. Um, but you do want to sit back as well sometimes, like trying to really make it more of a glute um, squat. Or I've heard both. Yeah. So once again, like as far as that, when I'm I'm using that front squat as the primary for a primary strength or a power builder for for the quads. Right. Like that's that's the the goal. Um, if you do end up deeper in a squat, back or front, otherwise, then the glutes uh, contribute a lot more. But for right, those, right. unless you're unless you're trying to just you know train the glutes in multiple ways, whether it's for hypertrophy, then that would be useful. Um, but deep, deep squats back or front just aren't going to be as beneficial. Like if you want to, if you feel like you need more glute power from the glutes or the hamstrings, then go pick an exercise. It's going to be a little more specific specific for gotcha, that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, anything that's going to have a deep knee bend, it's just you got to think quad first. Yeah, I mean it's hard to do any squat and like make your glutes burn before your quads right like yeah no matter how far back you're trying yeah. to sit like so i feel it in my quads like, yeah <laughs> and then like... i mean but everybody's different like i used to actually get really sore glutes from back squatting and that's because i would get deep and i naturally have a stronger posterior chain than i do huh. anterior and everybody just has their thing like that's interesting yeah so back in my day in the football days i would work out with the football players in high school and i could squat with the strongest guys but then they would bench three times what oh, I did. Sure, yeah. So everybody's just a little bit built a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I've always been posterior chain dominant. Um, huh. I've had to work on my quad strength a lot. So, um, so it's just that's why it always depends. Like if I can see somebody can squat 400 pounds, but you can only, you know, I'm just making up numbers, but deadlift say 200. I'm like, well, that's backwards. I'm like, okay, cool. You're a very <laughs> anterior uh, dominant athlete. Um, or vice versa. So that's another thing is uh, when people have um, kind of deficiencies. Yeah, I'm, uh, like, I'm actually curious. Like I never really heard someone be like, I'm, I've heard like quad dominant mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. or chest or something, but I've never really thought about it for myself, like which I am. I think I'm messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got quads. Wrong. I got, I got legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm so like sucked forward like this all the time mm-hmm. like my neck literally for like a decade neck and traps just like won't relax uh chest isn't that strong i mean i don't like we don't do a ton of chest we want to keep it but like yeah i don't feel like my back's like super strong in any particular maybe i don't know i never really thought You're about wiry it. I'm taking the replacements. <laughs> I don't know what I am. Yeah, I got quads. I yeah. Well, people people that have a lot of tension up here, typically there's not always like everybody's different. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure your coach takes care of it, but uh, there's, sometimes there's just a little deficiencies like on all the muscles in between and below the the scapula. Scaps, yeah. Like like all right, cool. You just like those muscles could be just a little more love, so they can actually pull everything yeah. back this direction. It's so hard when you like pass a million balls. Exactly. Yeah. Set a million balls. Yeah. And then for me, like, too, I feel like I'm a little more, like, I, like, protract, like, a crazy amount when I block. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I you, try to round out actually, my blocks. And that's, that's a good thing. Like, you you're, you want your scapula to be able to move. Yeah, um, well, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> my, my clavicles are, like, popping and clicking and all over the place. Oh, man. Um, 
Uh, talk to me after. No, I'm yeah, yeah. Um, the so yeah, everybody's gonna be. It's, that's that's honestly that's why I said I like training with people one on one because I can really figure out kind of where they're at in different places. And yeah. that's the cool thing about the force plates and me when I watch people in the sand, I can just watch somebody jump. Uh, and based on how they do it, I'd be like, okay, you're cool. You're using, you organize your body in this way, which means you're going to be using these muscles the most. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then from there, that kind of gives me a baseline from a visual standpoint. And then, like I said, the force plates that I have now, uh, I can kind of watch people, how they jump. And I'd be like, all right, cool. A lot of quad or a lot of hams and glutes, or they're missing ankle flex flexion, hip flexion, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, and then at that point, all right, if you're tight somewhere, Especially in the sand, I'm, I'm realizing recently that ankle mobility is more important. Yeah. Um, just because we do have to get in deeper positions and the knees need to drive forward. And if they can't do that, that's when you end up with that butt first jumper where the, the blocker, like their chest just sinks all the way down. Yeah. And then comes all the way back up. You know, like, all right, man, it's probably ankles. Uh, unless you have unless you have tight hips, which also can be a thing. But it's finding all that and then releasing uh, releasing the kraken at that point. But like once we get stuff open, the power comes out because mm -hmm. I'm like, you've been jumping with freaking hamstrings and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> like these are your primary drivers, and because yeah. your ankles suck, uh, you don't have access to it as much. I've definitely, I mean, my ankles have just been. I had posterior impingement on one side. Mm -hmm. Actually, had a cyst build up. But uh, then, like, yeah. it's funny because, like, that friction's kind of always there. Mm -hmm. Whatever's, you know, I had surgery on it. Um, but then the other side started pinching a little bit on the front. So the front of the right ankle and the back of the left ankle. I'm like, I mean, I can't be even, good. Man. I can't be good on <laughs> <Yeah>. the knees. <laughs> like, oh, it's weird that my knee hurts. Not really. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's to to do that to that point. I mean, that's the thing. It's like obviously everybody knows the kinetic chain works together. If you start walking wrong because of a sprained ankle, your knees and hips are going to get out of line yeah, right. probably. And then if you don't let that uh, come back to normal, then five years down the line, it could become a major issue. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you want to have each joint mobile. You want to have each joint strong. Um. And then you want to have each muscle group strong. Um, and then like that's why I say you can't go wrong with strong how do you do um, like what's your thoughts on ankle mobility stuff uh, do you do it through the exercises like because obviously like just pushing it to ranges or are you like have specific like little ankle um, it's gonna modes? be anytime you're trying to do especially since the ankle is has such a large tendon the Achilles tendon mm. involved with it um, it's number one it's gonna take a while yeah it just is number two you just have to be consistent yeah so there's multiple ways to skin a cat and pretty much anything like well 30 ah. second stretch every day is not gonna do it not quite <laughs> sorry, to, sorry yeah. to burst your dreams there right. um, but yeah so and you gotta see if your calves are tight cool that's a place to start get your foam rolling and your stretching out of the way um, this is where static stretching would be useful temporarily. Big time uh, static stretching, long-term holds can actually uh, potentially decrease power because we're teaching the muscle to be so relaxed. Right, right. Um, I hurt this guy's heart when I told him that in the beginning. <laughs> he loves He's like, I love the stretch and just yeah, hold. Buddy. I'm just like, ah, you're gonna just hate breathing. this. You're gonna hate this, man. <laughs> I'm like, so let's stretch. Just, just let's just move and stretch in a like, dynamic um, way. Um, like DROMs, right? Dynamic. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, dynamic. Yeah, stretches, just range of motions. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, even when it, when I do like stretching strap stretches, I'm I'll like pump the ankle and then pump the knee. Mm -hmm. That's that's basically it, right? Yeah. You're not just like holding it deep, deep. Yeah, deep. exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Any kind of stretch that feels stretchy, but you're moving. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're yeah. you're on the right place. Okay. But so as far as ankles, if you're dealing with a tight calf, start working on that. Um, stretch with a bent knee and a straight knee. 
Um, yeah, that's a completely position. different stretch. Yeah, the, sure. the bent knee, you're going to feel more in the Achilles. Um, and then from there, my, my the kind of one I'm using these days just because it's fast. You can just put, um, it's not new, but just throw a kettlebell or a dumbbell on top of your knee in a half kneeling position so you're on one knee and just drive that sucker forward, let that weight kind of assist it kind of start driving the knee with the load um and then I'll show you. yeah 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 oh oh, oh demo oh get on youtube demo. people you can watch so you get like your dumbbells here and yeah I use, a, I use 40 and you just go oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. Like pushing this down yes so it like moves that. yeah so uh -huh. just grab six to eight reps is all you need just to kind of get it to open slightly yeah. and then hold at that point 30 to 40 seconds That's, another thing i did um or i was shown is um getting one of those real thick bands mm -hmm. and having it kind of distract the ankle. Well, no, it's supposed to hold the foot. Yeah. And then you're supposed to lean the yeah, so knee you, over you can that, do, right? You can do some distraction work distraction, uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah that's, that's... At uh, different angles. I like I said, there's multiple ways to do it. Whatever you yeah. do, it do needs it. to be daily and it needs to be for weeks or months at a time because especially, if, especially yeah. the ankle, like it's just, it doesn't want to open. Um, but then... Spider-Mans are also great. Yeah. Like pumping your knee over it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then that's where uh, in just holding isometric stuff. So I, for one of the new th new things I do is those longer isometrics. Um, but uh, the longer holds are going to be kind of what changes the uh, get fancy the morphological and architectural parts of the or just for the tendons and ligaments, the stuff that doesn't like to change. Muscles can change pretty quick, uh, pretty fast, and tendons and ligaments don't like to. Um, but long holds, especially long loaded holds. Can start getting that stuff to change so those yeah um the the ones where we hold and have you drive your knee forward and holding mm -hmm. for a minute those are good the spider-man stuff yeah we're, i mean just anytime you can start driving that that knee a little bit past the foot is going to help with that mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean go sit in the ass to grass version of uh a single leg squat because to a, to a certain point when you get into this extreme like completely yeah um in range positions at that point tendons just kind of start getting rubbed into the bones a little bit from what i understand uh this guy named jake tour is kind of like one of the tendon guys out there uh he's he's not a big fan of just finding your in range and hanging out there so for all the <laughs> yeah. knees over toes lovers like i feel like you can feel just, like you can feel where you're at that point like this yeah. doesn't feel good so or right so yeah, right? get close to it yeah and then load it yes but just hanging out and spending a lot of time in those positions uh i typically don't recommend right um so yeah but it just it takes time but it's 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 worth it because me personally i had average mobility in my ankle and since i've been working on it uh, lately, I can see that I'm getting deeper into my jumps. Like mm -hmm. so, once again, I'm getting more access to my quad, which means I can jump higher just because I opened up this sucker. Mm -hmm. That's a win. So yeah, the uh, Ryan Flaherty, he was a speed coach for the USA track yeah. and field team. Have you, he was on Ferris. Yeah, I think he's he used to do combine guys as well, right? Yeah, NFL combine guys. Yeah. yeah, but he espoused a lot of the same principles. He was like, if I see an athlete who wants help with speed or strength or whatever, I'll just start with their feet. Yeah. And I'll teach them just how to run because mm -hmm. it's remarkable how many people don't know how to run. Yeah. And he's like, if your feet are just like all balled up and knotted or like they can't move as well, your ankles, oh, sure, he yeah. just goes foot, ankle all the way up. I think it's amazing how many people have a shoulder problem. That's their foot. I almost believe that that's almost, that's like my philosophy with volleyball, like technique wise, especially mm -hmm. blocking. Yeah. Like, oh, how do I, how do I block better? 
starts with your feet. Yeah. Like if you don't leave from the right place with the right balance, you're not, you're not, you know, at least dug into the sand to that compact point. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you can't do anything up top and, and then you're not balanced when you jump and then your hands aren't in the right spot. It's like everyone wants to think about their hands and like wh where that finishing move is. Same thing. Right. It all starts in the feet. Yeah. You can't start at the finish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's when people are like, well, how do I jump higher now? And I'm like, well, unless you just have the world's worst jumping technique, like it's going to take a few weeks at least. Also, <laughs> let's acknowledge that your body has a capacity of like, how high it can jump like right you can't just pick i want to jump 44 make me do it yeah not a thing right like you have your range like there's your there are your troys you, right but not everyone's a troy no yes. <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of people um, i can just be like like I, I do this or i do this and maybe they even be an influence or whatever but i'm just listening, listening to them like this is all terrible advice <laughs> and i'm like you know what you did you picked the right parents that's what you did <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Like, yeah. this person has the perfect levers to jump high. Yeah. Like, you, you have a long torso and short legs, like, or whatever it is, you know, it's like, yeah, your capacity, like, you might get to 30. <laughs> right. But, but also, at the same time, people rarely reach their genetic potential for anything. I mean, yeah. It's, I, it's, pretty, it's pretty hard to do to maximize. Yeah. The people that usually get the closest are the long-term, multi-decade bodybuilders. So as far as that particular sport, they're literally, if they're doing everything right, it still takes 20, 30 years for them to really reach that. But like, ah, you you physically just can't put any more. And that's your, but, yeah. but that's your, bodybuilding is interesting because it's, it's your, is it performance based? Like what your, your performance of your, your potential performance, like it is an athlete or is it more, because it's a, it's sculpting, right? body yeah building. it's not actually lifting isn't the part of the competition no it's it. it's how you make your body look and from a so it's a little different than like standpoint kind your of capacity to to add perform. lean tissue well like, add, just add muscle like did it am i how close am i to maximize my potential as a, a physical body but like in volleyball right mm -hmm. like that's hard to yeah to figure out yeah but i mean at the same time i mean you know chasing numbers is fine but it's for if you're a sport athlete, your goal is to be the best you can at your sport, yes. not to jump the highest. So like the yes. highest jumpers in the world aren't at this point aren't Olympians or uh, weightlifters. I hear or <laughs> or even like yeah NBA <laughs> basketball players. They're the professional dunkers is kind right, of the right, thing. Right. Where yeah, I'm yeah. just like they're taking the right parents and then taking it as far as they can. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. in the the pro dunker world, like a 50 inch vertical is decently common now. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Where they're like biting the rim and stuff That's like that. Oh, no, they're, they're getting their whole head over the rim. That's like, it's, it's, and a lot of these guys aren't necessarily tall. Yeah. So they just, maybe they got as far as they could in, you know, professional career. Maybe they didn't, but long story short, I just sometimes watch videos and they get very scientific. Yeah. Like maximizing their vertical stuff now. And I'm just like, I'm seeing like, I've seen multiple guys have over 15 inch verticals. And that's just insane because we all thought Jordan was crazy with like 42, 43, right. whatever it was. Which is crazy. That is crazy, right. of course. But that's, that man wasn't even lifting weights or doing anything. So if Jordan had wanted to be a pro dunker, probably could have hit 53, 54 inches. <laughs> I mean, if he took it all the way from yeah. his genetic potential, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. But that's not the point. You know, we want right. to be the best players that we can be. So 
jumping higher can do a lot of things for you in this in this sport but once again like i said if i see somebody that's already getting head over the net i'm like all right at this point can we make that second block jump faster can yeah. can we make that two step higher yeah. can we have you jumping just as high at the end of the tournament as we did at the beginning those things are what we want to be chasing yeah so yeah not cramp. <laughs> not, yeah. not cramp. Not cramp. Have access to 95% of your vertical at the end of the tournament and yes. not be cramping. Yes. Yeah. And without having to drink pickle juice. <laughs> and the last the last big pillar uh, that we get asked about a lot is how can I hit harder? Um, so we've covered the lower body. We're not cramping. How can we just add a little more, more juice? How can we be more of a Taylor Sander? Uh, well... There's genetics and that that kind yeah. of arm swing. <laughs> uh, so I am not an arm swing coach and will pretend to be. Um, but as far as just a mechanic standpoint, if you're able to, you know, get your arm further back from a mobility standpoint, uh, then you're going to put yourself at a chance to have some success. Um, if you can't get all the way back here in whatever swing you have, mm. there's a ton of them out there. Um, I know you appreciate a good arm swing because you call them out on mm-hmm. uh, Volleyball World. Cindy Tillman. It's perfect. It's, yeah, there's, there's some beautiful ones out there. Um, so mechanically, it can be a huge part of it. <laughs> Who? The German defender. Oh, her arm swing? She's unbelievable, yeah. I need to watch more. And, I mean, and then you look at Brower. It's just like, that came right out of the textbook. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's something to that, taking time to work your arm swing. Um, but then as far as what's going to drive that arm to be whippy, that's going to be kind of what happens here. Mm-hmm. So, um, core. Yeah. For the audio your, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> your core, uh, and the ability to re- open and then close. Yeah. How fast and how powerful can you do that? That's actually a crazy thing with me. Um, cause I get, my T spine gets really tight mm-hmm. and I can just feel automatically mm-hmm. like I'll hit the ball, same power. And I just not get in that pop on it not getting mm-hmm. that weight behind it and i can just tell it's and then the shoulder starts hurting yeah i can just tell because i'm not i can't open that t-spine just do a few mobility drills like every every warm-up is trying to open that t-spine for me mm-hmm. power comes automatically yeah so i like to think about it like a baseball player that hits a home run he probably didn't hardly feel the ball hit the bat mm-hmm. so when you generate your force from your trunk from your core uh, that's how your hands can hit the ball. Like you don't, you're like I didn't even hit it that hard, but it just explodes off your hand. Yeah. Uh, and that's gonna be the, what you can generate here. So, um, big thing is uh, obviously you can do all the classic rotational exercises, find some stuff, and just you know get good at those cable stuff. Um, with med balls, a lot of people don't realize um, outside of the SNC world is you don't want a heavy med ball at all. Moving nice. a heavy med ball slow and making what, it... Ex- what do you consider heavy? I like to... My guys use four and sixes. Yeah, that's four forever. six pounds. Mine's, mine's six pounds. Yeah. yeah. If you start getting in the 10, 12 range, you, it's just not going to move fast. And uh-huh. the whole point of that is to train uh, explosive rotational strength. Yeah. So get your, use the lighter med ball for one. Do your favorite slams. Um, but then if you want to take it a step further, um, I like putting people in slightly less... Uh, stable positions so if you think about when we rotate and hit a volleyball we're off the ground 99% of the time so you don't have access to the power that you can get from your hips and your legs so very different from a baseball pitcher very different from a baseball hitter Um, so I'll put my people in like whether it's a 1.5 stance on one leg 
um, just try to get him a little bit more unstable. And then Bosu, from the, maybe half Bosu or something like that. Um, unstable, something unstable. Don't use the Bosu's too much, just because it's it's we're never standing on Bosu's in sports. Right. Yeah, so. that's, that's hard to stimulate. Actually, well, I was yeah. thinking un, uneven. So it's like then but. your focus. Compl- I don't want to. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't want you like floating in the air and be right. like, all right, we're gonna get in this plane. We're gonna get thirty thousand feet up. We're gonna be gravity gravityless, and then no. Yeah. Um, but uh, just realize that when you do some of the classic like uh, crow hop. Um, throws and such that it's great for your baseball and tennis players and all that stuff, but we just don't have access to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can use those for an overspeed effect, but my general general training is find stuff that open and closes the trunk with some speed in a slightly unstable, unstable way, gotcha. and you can't go wrong. Yeah. And then from there, like the contrast training, do something heavier and then just do something faster. Mm-hmm. I'll do that a lot. I'll have like a heavy cable rotational pull into a, uh, a faster slam. So start combining that kind of stuff. So using the same principle we do um, for all the jump stuff and just applying it to your rotational power. Yeah. So I feel I like f- it's a it's a lot of ego death. Like you can't be going to the gym and like, yeah, I'm gonna bench press 300 pounds and now I'm gonna have a great arm swing. It's like mm-hmm. pretty much the opposite. Yeah. Notice <laughs> I didn't mention shoulder press once. Right. So yeah. yeah, you should be able to shoulder press, get all the way overhead. You know, make sure you have mobility and some strength there. So all your marching stuff, uh, waiters carries. Um, total presses they're important but they're not going to make you hit harder mm-hmm. now they keep you out of pain potentially but yeah um, but that's kind of like something that I'm kind of like mildly proud of is I think I'm a little little fresh with some of the stuff I'm kind of trying to think of as far as rotational power especially using contrast sets I'm like I don't think anybody's using much of that besides the baseball guys hmm. um, and they have access to a lot of exercises that I don't because once again you get to use your hips and your legs yeah. as far as that stuff so I'm playing around with that. But um, yeah, light medicine balls and then something where your trunk looks like this in a fast way. And yeah. then you'll be on the, the right road. Love yeah. that. And then it's- that will make you hit harder. <laughs> it's actually nice having like um, just hearing fresh perspective of someone who hasn't been in the sport for a long time mm-hmm. and kind of coming in and just giving that fresh perspective, no matter how good you are, or how long you've been doing this kind of thing. It's like it gets repetitive like you need to hear you need to like be someone who's getting new information and applying new things from other sports and ideally like reading the what is it, medical journals or whatever it is wherever yeah, you guys just, get your information just diving into yeah pubmeds and all that stuff yeah. uh just because the science is useful um but then applying it to real world and then there's a lot more smarter and more educated strength coaches out there but just most of them haven't applied themselves into beach volleyball. Just right. Not as much money, right? For sure. Uh, anywhere in the sport. And so I'm just like, all right, so I'm going to just steal these people's ideas, mold it slightly for, for yeah. beach, and then see what we can get out of it. Oh, well, we appreciate you bringing it to us and, and uh, sharing it. We know if you're in this sport, you, you like it. Yeah, you 100%. Gotta, you got to love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I come from a, a, a hooper and tennis background, so a lot of the stuff was, was similar. But then I was like, yeah, but this because I was like, all right, cool, I'm a jump higher for beach. Do all these hang cleans and all these uh, classic deaf jumps, drop jumps, and all that stuff, and get the elasticity up. Then I'm just like, wait a second, this is that's just, that's not going to yeah. transfer. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, cool, let's dive into this. Hell yeah. Um, right on. Love it. Well, where can uh, where can people find you, either on the gram or if people uh, like if people want to get remote training, then you could give them a prescription. Where can they hit you up? Um, yeah, so I pretty much only exists on a very poorly constructed 
page on Instagram. I'm kind of like... That's how you sell yourself, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. I, I don't like a lot of attention. I've always kind of stayed in the background. And also, I'm also just lazy with social media stuff. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Devour Fitness um, LA is is where you can you can find me. I think my email's up. Uh, but um, yeah, I just do it because I love it. So and you're good at it, and I appreciate it. My knees trying appreciate to, it. Trying to get better, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what we can do. You know, I got some more information. Me too. Right on. Pleasure thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for sharing. Appreciate it. Thank you. Love it. Shoot. Shoot. Shoot.